Welcome to a special presentation of Behind the Page, where we at Marvel vs. Marvel revisit the comic book histories of some of your favourite Marvel characters. If you're joining us for the first time, each and every episode of MVM is packed with this kind of history and trivia as we explore the Marvel movies and the comic books that inspired them. Let's take a trip now and go behind the page with uh, Deadpool two. And obviously, in the first the first um, time we looked at Deadpool, the character, we we did an awful lot on his background and, and his history. I think it's probably really important now to focus on Cable, who is one of the most popular and important characters of the eighties slash nineties, and is in, is hugely important for getting Deadpool uh, in in the first place. I think, as we mentioned in the first movie, um, this this kind of story all begins with an, an X-Men spin-off, the first X-Men spin-off comic mm. that was called The New Mutants, um, which was a story of Professor Xavier wanting to train a new bunch of kids um, in the use of their powers because, you know, the X-Men had become like this fighting team and he wanted to get back to the spirit of what he started, which was a school for kids who couldn't control their powers. Mm. And he'd seen some of the X-Men die over the years, and he wanted to make sure that never happened again. So he started this 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 school, brought these young kids in with a mandate that they will never become X-Men. They will never fight for his cause um, like like Scott and, and, and Wolverine and all the others will. However, these kids get up to a lot of rambunctious trouble and end up getting into <laughs> fights and, and di- dilemmas and dramas and aliens and fantasy demons and demon bears and things. And that's the New Mutants. It sales of that really started to slump um, over the years towards the end of the, of the 80s. But they took a sharp kind of steep turn up when um, a superstar artist called Rob Liefeld took over the penciling duties and then later the co-plotting duties of, of, of the New Mutants comic. Around 1989, the end of 89, start of, um, of, of 1990, that's when Rob Liefeld and, and uh, Louise Simonson and editor Bob Harris kind of introduced this new character. And this new character they introduce is a mysterious mercenary called Cable. And the introduction of Cable also shoots sales up as well. Mm. So it's a combination of Rob Liefeld and and the introduction of this character Cable, which really starts to get people reading this this failing comic, New Mutants, again. Uh, editor Bob Harris has gone on record to say that what they needed to do was they knew they needed to shake things up on the comic, um, and they decided that a new leader would be, would work. This at the end of the eighties. The start of the nineties. This is the era of like extreme, yes, <laughs> like in movies go. and in TV shows, but also in comic books. It's the era of the anti-hero. That's just starting. You know, Wolverine has been the most popular guy in the X Men for nearly a decade, and he's just becoming more and more popular. 
Punisher. This is a time period. Go back and check out our, to pull our Punisher episode off the off the, out of the archives and yes. off the shelf and listen to that. Yes, this is around that time when the Punisher, a gun-toting anti-hero, is so popular. He has four monthly comics, more than Spider-Man. <laughs> like Wolverine, Punisher, Ghost Rider is starting to get that around that time as well. Mm. They 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 want that kind of extreme, edgy. Ultra macho anti-hero, just like you're getting in the kind of these action action movies in the eighties as well, and they want this character to be a, a contrast to Professor X, educator, yes, um, learned man, scholar. They want it to be a man of action. Um, so uh, Louise uh, Simonson, the, who was writing New Mutants at the time, uh, along with Rob Layfield at the time as well, uh, decided a military leader would be the the way to go. Um, and Rob Liefeld was was tasked to conceptualize this, like like design this character based on virtually nothing other than warrior. We think war general. Um, it's said that they. This is where ev- in comic books everyone disagrees on who came up with what. <laughs> of course. So both Rob Liefeld and Louise Simonson said, "I had the idea of making him uh, a mysterious time traveler, warrior from the future." So, who knows who came up with that, but that's a central key figure and a key idea to it. Um, Liefeld came up with the name Cable, and there were some other names floating around. So, Rob Liefeld has given an interview where he said, I was given a direction to create a new leader for the New Mutants. There was no name, no description besides a man of action, the opposite of Xavier. I created the look, the name, much of the history of the character... After I named him Cable, Bob Harris suggested Quinn, and Louise Simonson uh, came up with the name Commander X, um, <laughs> which is a very kind of it's yeah it's a very I mean very sixties seventies kind of less sophisticated kind of thing, but I can certainly see it happening at some point in Marvel's that, history. That's the entire nose, not on the nose. Jeez. Yeah, very very true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and around this time, like Rob Liefeld, so this is when a bunch of artists are becoming a driving sales like never before. Jim Lee mm. is driving sales. Wills Patillo, uh, Patillo, sorry, um, and uh, and Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane. They're they're really driving um, sales with their bombastic artwork on front covers. Um, and so Rob Liefeld becomes basically more gains more and more power. Uh, and control over the comic book uh, editor Bob Harris basically promotes him to co-plotter Louise Simonson is kind of demoted certainly and, and she ends up leaving the book because she uh, feels that she's been kicked out the door um, and so Rob Liefeld kind of assumes pretty much control over this comic New Mutants and they bring in a writer called Fabian de Caesar who we've talked about mm. Who is the other co-creator of Deadpool? Fabian the Caesar is brought in to basically write the dialogue. So Rob Liefeld is going to plot the books and he's going to draw them all. And then when he's written all the plot out, Fabian the Caesar is going to write the dialogue that kind of runs the story through. Um, and uh, this is when they come up with the idea of let's just get rid of the New Mutants altogether. It the, we we've we've killed or got rid of half the characters anyway and brought in brand new edgy, macho, anti-hero characters. Like, the New Mutants doesn't make sense anymore. It's a pacifist concept, and we're trying to create, like, a a more ass-kicking paramilitary team. So, the New Mutants is cancelled in 1991. 
And in the last mm. issue, Cable, who has been introduced and become the new leader of the team, has basically reorganised the new mutants, the kids who are never going to become X-Men and have a fight, have now become this, like, platoon of soldiers <laughs> led by Cable. Mm. And the very last thing that happens in New Mutants is he kind of announces them as X-Force. Yeah. That's the new name. That's who we are. And so, in 1991, New Mutants goes and they launch issue one, relaunch the whole thing as X-Force, created by Rob Liefeld and, and Fabian Nassiza. Um And... It is. I've got number one of X Force. Um, it was it released with a big fan fanfare. Um, it came with an exclusive trading card that you could only Ooh. get with that with that comic. It came in a poly bag, mm. right? So it's sealed in a poly bag, along with um, different variant. Uh, so no, not not the cards weren't all the same, um, and that comic. Sells 5 million copies. The best selling comic book of all time in 1991. That's a lot. Of all time. That's a lot of hot luncheons. It is certainly a lot of hot luncheons. (laughs) And it remains to this day, from 1991 to today, it remains the second best selling American comic book of all time. Mm. Um, And X Force is very bombastic and kicks off almost straight away. With uh, introducing Deadpool, um, the X Force uh, fighting terrorists, the Mutant Liberation Front led by Strife, a uh, a very strange, evil, masked mutant with a with a a, a mysterious connection to Cable, um, and it's hugely. I mean, five million copies. It is hugely popular, um, propelled by Leefield's art mainly, and by this kind of. It, and by Cable, there's no two ways around it. It's not Deadpool selling the book, although Deadpool's a very popular character. Cable is the reason this book is so popular, and Rob Liefeld. Um, the series rivaled Amazing Spider-Man and Uncanny X-Men in mm. popularity. Those are the two flagships that have been running since the 60s. Uh, X-Force has just been launched, and it's already right up there. And it's really, <laughs> really popular with this kind of adolescent, pubescent uh, demographic. Um I mean, Cable, all, so quickly in 91, in the era of tough, gun-toting anti-heroes, becomes one of Marvel's most popular characters, right up there with, like I said, Wolverine and, and, and Punisher. And part of what is so captivating and keeps readers coming back again and again is his mysterious past. Like, they they keep bringing this dropping threads of this he meets uh he meets wolverine for the first time yeah wolverine is the most popular character mm. or maybe second only to spider-man meets cable for the first time they're both gruff tough anti-heroes and they already know each other and wolverine hates him because of a thing that happened in their past together right so a Wolverine's the king of the mysterious past that no one knows about. So or they and they keep they introduce another ex character called Richter, and Richter is like, "I'll always hate you, Cable, for what you did to my dad." <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> like every like he he's so he's not just introduced as a new character, but it's a new character who is weaved into mm. the fabric of all these other characters. Yeah, that's good. And his mysterious uh, past slash our future becomes the focus of all the X-Men comics throughout 1992-1993. They they create this this big um, 
crossover event called the Executioner's Song, which ties together all the X-Men comics to one event. And the whole event is centred around Cable, his past, and his arch-nemesis Strife. Um, So Cable, from nowhere to suddenly, boom, the centre of the X-Men, the centre of the most popular comic that was being published, not the centre of the Marvel Universe, but not far off it. Um, and it's, it's 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 really huge. I mean, the X Men cartoon series is uh, is 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 a big hit, and uh, they have this incredibly popular toy line that came off the back of it. Um, they selling a huge amount of toys. I think it was Toy Biz had the great line. I had tons of these. They were so awesome. But you'd watch the cartoon series on Saturday morning, then you'd rush out and buy the uh, the Wolverine figure, the Storm figure, the Rogue figure, the Cyclops figure. Maybe not the Cyclops figure. Um, and in nineteen ninety three, when the toy makers needed a new line of figures, but there weren't enough new characters in the X Men show. What did they do? They went to Marvel and they said, our second line of figures is going to be Cable and X-Force because they're just that popular. They did not have a cartoon series. They did not have a movie. They had nothing but the comic book series, but it was so big, you can't argue with five million copies. So the second line of X-Force, of, of, of these of these X-Men toys were all X-Force, which is why you can get hold of some of the most obscure 90s mutants thanks to this line gw bridge has an action figure you won't know who he is most most people reading comics won't know who he is but he's got an action figure for no reason man um it was very cool and 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 as will alluded to and we talked about in the 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 muggle section yeah cable uh not x-force but cable does appear in the the animated X-Men animated series from the 1990s. Slave Island, The Cure, um, the two-part, the awesome two-part episode, Time Fugitives, which I really hope we get to do, um, which involves Bishop, another time-hopping character from another parallel uh, future, and a four-part episode called Beyond Good and Evil. Um, so he, he really was already making it into other... Other media um, was Cable, um, and then Cable's popularity waned. We've talked about this again and again. Will yeah. we talked about it with Deadpool? Deadpool's popularity waned hugely in the nineties. Ghost Rider it happened to him as well. Two thousand and four. Although I mean, Cable gets his own comic and it's published for a decade, but with varying degrees of popularity. 2004, Fabian de Caesar, the, the co-creator of Cable and Deadpool, um, launches a new series with Marvel called Cable and Deadpool. And this, I mean, that's where Deadpool was first introduced, but this is the time when they get a very, very strong connection to each other. Um, the title characters who don't, Cable and Deadpool, they no longer have their own individual comics, they share this one. Um, how and why on earth would these two be sharing they would never work together they create this really great odd couple buddy cop dynamic so due to some bizarre science fiction plots their dna gets uh weirdly mixed up and similar right so whenever either one of them wants to use this amazing teleportation device that cable's got 
it will not teleport only one of them. It it has to teleport both of them to the same location at the same time. Every time Cable wants to go on one of his missions to save the world or to do something dodgy behind the back of the X-Men, he teleports in and he reappears with Deadpool staring at his face because the <laughs> teleportation machine cannot tell them apart and keeps teleporting them to the same location. Yeah. Deadpool does not agree to it. Uh, Cable doesn't agree to it. It just keeps happening. So it's this great setup where they are, like any great sitcom, I guess, mm. where they're forced to be together, you know, mm. like a, a Lethal Weapon kind of deal yeah. or, or any of those kind of buddy cop movies or odd couple movies. Um and uh, the book is is it's a it's a hit with the fan base. It's a really great mix of humor and action, and some really great ongoing plots that have great knock on effects. Um, it found a real home, um, and it did some interesting, funky stuff. Like um, the sometimes in comic books, the very first page will be like a recap page previously yeah. on, like you get in TV shows. And it'll just be a bit of text saying, if you didn't read the last issue, Spider-Man exploded in space, and now the <laughs> Silver Surfer is opened a small boutique. Um, so the Deadpool one, you know, the Cable and Deadpool one starts with generally Cable breaking the fourth wall and talking directly to the audience, which is something that, of course, we see so much of in this movie and that people really love trying to rope Cable into doing the same. Cable not understanding who he's talking to. He doesn't understand there is a fourth wall. Um, that was really popular. And then they introduced a uh, a letters page, in, I think after the first year, called Dear Deadpool. Um, a letters page in comic books dates back to before the internet. And what you do is you write into the editor and you'd say, I really liked when uh, Spider-Man made a guest appearance in Daredevil. Do you think they could team up again in the future? Mm. Or you say... How does Daredevil's powers work? I'm a bit confused. What happened in issue three when this happened? And the editor would print the letter and then write a little reply. In Dear Deadpool, audience, uh, readers would write directly to Deadpool himself, and he oh, would answer in print. Fantastic. Um, and he would refer to the fact that he lived in a comic book. And sometimes it even goes so far as to refer to the man who types my answers. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was just uh, lots of really fun different a lot of the humor that you see in 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 ryan reynolds deadpool does come from um later seasons of of, of deadpool but also this deadpool and cable series which for the first time put the two guys together um as this kind of odd couple buddy cops situation thanks for joining us as we revisit some of our favorite moments from marvel versus marvel don't forget our full-length episodes are jam-packed with hours of Marvel trivia, behind the page, behind the scenes, and comic book Marvel history. Mm-hmm.